Blog Talk Radio. life's problems that may break or tear us apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Pratt. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. We also have our chat room, which is available right now on our website. You can send your questions, comments, or prayer requests. Also, for those who may want to see the video version of this podcast, feel free to go to my website at www.brotherprater.com, and you will see the page called Reconnect My Heart Live. You can catch me on there or on my Facebook page, Brother Prater. I would like to say hello to everyone. I hope and pray that you all had an outstanding Sunday. 
outstanding Sunday morning. Excuse me, outstanding week, preferably. Um, what we want to do, we just want to just get on, just talk about tonight's show. Number one, I thank you all. Didn't get a chance to come on last week, but we're here this week. Thank God for it. So on today's show, we're going to talk about letting God handle your situation, not letting folks get control over you. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called Trying to Let God Handle These Folks. Hmm. Trying to let God handle these folks. What to do when folks did you wrong and you want to handle it for yourself. Now, those that know me, I believe in being transparent. Many times, many they have situations that may have gone on in their life, and you know they they try to mask it, or they may try to pretend that all is well. But when it boils down to it, they're omitting the key issues in their life that's really tugging on them. And one of the things I always say. As a believer of Jesus Christ, you're not exempt from problems in this life. Sometimes it seems like when you have yielded yourself over and you decide to do the right thing, that's when all hell, it appears that all hell breaks loose. It seemed like when you were doing crazy things, when you were living your best life, so to speak, in your sinful nature. Nobody bothered you. When you used to cuss, drink, party, do whatever you want to do, cuss people out, it seemed like nobody bothered you. But when you decide to start doing the right thing, when you make it into your mind that you're going to start obeying and trusting God, you're going to give God your attitude. You're going to tell God to deliver you from your fighting nature, from your loud mouth, cussing mouth. When you decide to start trying to change for the better, that's when people want to pull your card. That's what it seems like. And if we be real, it is it's funny, but sometimes it seems like people catch us in our most vulnerable moment. You know, like I said, when we were doing whatever we want to do, people didn't bother us. But when you've changed, when you have surrendered yourself, your attitude, your behavior, your uh, your way of doing things, when you have surrendered that to Jesus Christ, that's when the devil will allow people to come and try to make you revisit who you used to be. The person that you gave to God, sometimes people may want to make you snatch that person back from God for you to pick up the old you. One of the things I always say is funny. You know, people 
talk about Peter in the Bible. People, Peter, look here. Peter was a thug. Peter was the Tupac of the disciples. You know, think about it. He has the attitude. Every time Jesus would say something, he would be the more vocal one. And don't forget, he the one that had the blade. So when it was time for somebody to get ready to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? Peter pulled out his blade and whacked that brother ear off. (laughs) I told him, hey, he got the man ear and put it back together. Matter of fact, even Peter was like, oh, Jesus, I'll never leave you. No, 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 I'm down with you. Bow to bow to you. We homies for life. And Jesus told him, hey, man, uh, look here. Um, You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Oh, no, 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 I won't do that. But eventually he did. (laughs) So when when we look at it, the people that were in the Bible that Jesus used were not some elite folks, even looking at the disciples. He chose people that were ordinary people, just like you and I. So when you think about it, if the disciples who were walking with Jesus, walking with the Messiah, if they were ordinary people who had ordinary problems or ordinary attitude, don't think that you're not exempt from problems or pressure or even having people to make you revisit who you were. And so that's something that we have to be real and just talk about because what we have to look at in this day and time, people are looking for realness. And we often tell people what God can do. We tell people to trust God. We tell people, hey, you need to get saved. You need to surrender your life to Christ. You need to do this and do that. We, you know, we try to introduce them to Christ. But a lot of times we don't tell them what Christ did for us in our life. Sometimes we're not transparent with people to let people know, hey, look here, I was a fool growing up. Hey, I had addictions. Um, I used to live out in the streets. I was into this and this and that. You know, I was into drugs. I was into alcohol. I was into, you know, cheating on my husband, cheating on my wife, all this stuff. We don't tell people who we were. We just, just show them or tell them who we are. And we feel like, well, you know, I'm not going to bring who I was up to know that the same God that we're trying to introduce them to or the same God we're telling them to trust, we need to let them know that the same God we're telling them about is the same God that did this for our life. So we have to let people know. And like I said, those that know me, I'm, I believe in being transparent. And I realize the same God that did things in the Bible um, that was able to, you know, have metal to fall from heaven for the Israelites. I mean, really just change the course of nature for others. The same God that did it for them, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that rose Lazarus from the dead, the same God that did it for them, he will to do it for me. 
It's the same God. We're not serving a different God. It's the same God that we're serving. So with everything that's going on in our lives, us being able to understand that God did it then, he could do it now, and he could do it again. He could do it in the future. So these are some of the things we have to think about. But also when it comes down to it, one of the main problems that we have is dealing with other people. Now, I'm not talking about those who might have been hell raisers and you stirring up mess and you throwing a rock and you're hiding your hand and you're saying people picking on you and, hey, you just deal with the consequences of your actions. We're not talking about these people. We talk about the people who all of a sudden it seemed like you were just chosen to be picked on. It seemed like you were just chosen with people that just bully you for no reason. There are people that when people start talking about people, when people start bullying people, a lot of times the devil would try to make the person that's being abused or the victim make them think that there's something wrong with them. And then there deals with the insecurity that develops because of the results of being being used, all that stuff. You know, there are people right now that have issues because of the way they look. There are people who have issues because, you know, I know many people uh, say guys, guys who might be short in a dominant world of tall guys in the family. So you just never know. But sometimes just us appearing on earth, sometimes it makes people pick on us for a reason or another. And so for us to understand that when things happen, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It may be something wrong with the person that's picking on you. But I want to do this because I'm going to explain later on what led me to be able to speak about this tonight. And I ended up getting confirmation yesterday that I'll end up sharing with y'all later on. But as I began to think about and ask God, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? And when he gave me this, I was like, oh, wow, okay. And he showed me a person in the Bible that was so parallel with what we're talking about. Starting off in Genesis 37th chapter, it tells us about a story about a young man named Joseph. Joseph. We, some of us may know the story, and this is me. I'm going to kind of give you a recap or um, some of the things pertaining to Joseph, and I I don't like to take for granted where you know the story. Well, everybody may not know the story. Some people may have heard the story, but never, never understood the story. So just kind of give you um, a little recap on the person Joseph. <clears throat> Joseph was a son and he had many brothers. Well, in him having brothers, he was one of the favorites 
of his father. And he received a coat of many colors from his father. Well, they end up making the brothers jealous. Now, there was a little, if you want to say, uh, favoritism because the father, the father had, at the time, he had a first wife where he had some sons. That first wife was not his chosen wife that he wanted to choose. He ended up getting her by default by a trick. Well, the wife that he desired, Rachel, he ended up having a baby by. And the first child was Joseph. So in other words, Joseph was the firstborn of his father's really a favorite wife. Favorite, the one he wanted. <laughs> so that already brought dissension. And eventually, Joseph was hated by his kinfolk. He was hated by his brothers. He was hated by his family. So, but get this Joseph was hated by his family. There may be somebody that may be watching. You might have been the one in the family that tried to be the glue in the family. You might have been the one that, hey, you're the peacemaker, but everybody giving you hell. Joseph. And the funny thing about it, Joseph had a dream. And he was just telling people, hey, he was just telling his family, hey, what the dream was. And what the dream was, they didn't like it because the dream was saying that his family was going to bow down to him. He was just saying what he saw. But even him sharing just what he saw, it caused bigger problems with Joseph. So eventually, Joseph ended up being betrayed by his brothers. And they pretty much, at first, they wanted to kill him. <laughs> but they decided to go ahead and sell him to slavery. So they sold him, brother Joseph, off to slavery. And so eventually going off to being sold in slavery and going on in the story. He ended up being or working with the king, king in Egypt. Well, they told him, the king told him, hey, look here, you can have anything you want except for one thing, or actually one person, my wife. You can't have my wife. Well, eventually, because Joseph had some young men, well, eventually, the wife wanted Joseph. Well, Joseph backed down. No, 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 not going to do that. Not going to do that. She kept pressing, kept pressing on him. Well, actually, even in today's time, they would call it the <laughs> Me Too movement. You know, he had an opportunity but because of Joseph being a person of integrity, he said no. And so that made her go even more at him. Well, one point, she had enough of his resistance to decide to go ahead and, hey, look here, I'm going to throw myself at him. And what did Joseph do? Because of him being a man of integrity, he ran. And so what the wife did she went on and grabbed his coat 
and she lied on Joseph. Get this. Joseph, a person of integrity, a person upright, morals, ethics, doing the right and because he decided to do the right thing, she lied on him about the wrong thing. And so because of him being lied on, guess what happened? He ended up getting thrown in jail. He ended up getting thrown in jail. He didn't do nothing. He was innocent. Hmm. Because of him wanting to be a person of integrity, of morals. He got thrown in jail over something he didn't do. Now, you think about it. He was betrayed by his family. He was lied on. What would that make you feel like? Think about it. What would that do to your psyche? You know, because it's it's frustrating. And this is just me. This is me being real. When a person doing the right thing, being a person of integrity, being honest, they the one catching more hell, but then the one that's acting a fool, the one that's doing whatever they want to, they like they getting a free pass. You're like, no, wait a minute. Even David in Psalms, David said, my foot almost slipped when I saw the wicked prosper. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? You know, it makes you think, even right now, there are people who have an opportunity to do the wrong thing. There are people that may may not have a job. There are people that may need some extra money. There are people who trying to do the right thing and things ain't working out. But then the people that are doing the wrong thing, it's it like they get money galore. They look like they get more appreciated. It's backwards. It seems like it's unfair. And sometimes it make a person even consider, you know what, is it worth doing the right thing after all. Is it worth just, you know, people tell me to just trust God and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm doing the right thing, I'm being patient, you know, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I'm talking to God. But yet, see, I don't see no change. But the person is doing the wrong thing. It's like things happen for them quickly. Are you in that situation? Let's be real. It seems like, man, you know what? What's the use of being good? What's the use of doing good? That's what it seemed like. But also, that's what the devil wants us to start rehearsing in our head. But I will say this. Doing the right thing does pay off. Doing the right thing will pay off. See, the devil always want to make us to change who we are. See, one of the things I found out, the devil not concerned about what he can make you do. Because you can do something one time and repent and never do it again. The devil not concerned about what he can make you do. He's more concerned about what he can make you become. If you become it, it's part of your character. It's part of your nature. So people that are doing the right thing, the devil want to make you change your character. And sometimes he'll use problems, he'll use situations, he'll use circumstances, he'll even use conflict from others. So just like Joseph, like I said, Joseph, hey, he can't help the family that he was born in. 
He had no choosing to that. That was his parents. But by default, hey, he was hated by his own family. And it's written in there. It says that was Genesis 37 and 8. He was hated by his brothers. He was hated. But guess what? His brothers, if they could, they would have killed him. Reuben intervened for him. But sold him off to slavery. And then why he in slavery? Working himself up to be in the king's house. But then all of a sudden, that, that wife, that wife lied on him. And this is the thing. And this is just me just speaking a little bit off the record, so to speak. This is what made me think when I began to start really looking at that story. For the king to tell Joseph, hey, you can have everything or anything except for my wife. Maybe he already knew how his wife was. <laughs> but yet and still, she still lied on him. In other words, it seemed like truth did not prevail. It seemed like the liar won. And there are some people, let's be real, there are some people, I don't care how good you try to be. I don't care how honest you try to be. I don't care how straightforward you try to be. There are some people that will lie better than you telling the truth. There are some people that you can deal with and, look, they can lie on you. Look here. It can be in your family. It can be on your job. There are some people that would try to sabotage your job, sabotage your performance, even sabotage your your uh, reputation. And then when people hear about it, because that person is of a bigger influence, people will believe a lie over telling the truth. Let's be real. And guess what? You still save if you be real. You still save, love the Lord and everything, and people will still lie on you like a dog. So the question is, what do we do about it? What do we do about it when those situations occur? Well, as we read on about Joseph, Joseph being thrown in jail, and you think about it, this is the way I feel. If I'm going to be accused of something, I want to make sure there's something I did do. I don't mind going to jail over something that I did. But if it's something I didn't do, oh, look here. There's going to be repercussions and consequences. Look here. My brother used to always say, hey, look here. There's going to be some furniture moving up in this place. Yes, and I'm still safe. But my question is, hey, look here. I didn't do anything. Look. Look who you look who accused me of these things. You check the integrity of that person. Look at my integrity. And it seemed like it's so convincing. And guess what? She even had evidence. The king's wife had evidence of that was his jacket. Okay, yeah, that was his jacket. That was his jacket. So maybe what she's saying is truthful. And that's the thing how sometimes we have to understand, even when people lie on us. It seemed like that person is telling the truth. For somebody who don't really know you, they'll believe that. But 
those that really know you, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That don't even sound like that person's character. And that's the thing. When you are in need of backup or support, it seems like support is nowhere around. Let's be real. It seems like the people that's supposed to have your back, it seems like the post, the person that should be speaking on your behalf ain't nobody around. And it seems so uh, so lonely. And so sometimes when we look at, like I said, by Joseph, he was already denied. He was already rejected by his family. And now he being thrown in jail. Now he had, I, he was already isolated from his family. Now he's isolated from society. <laughs> That's crazy. But see, that was Joseph in Genesis. But there may be a Joseph in 2020. There may be a female Joseph in 20, excuse me, 2021. It might be that male that may be watching this video. It might be the young lady that's watching this video. True enough, that's Joseph right here. But you dealing with the same situation. If you take out Joseph's name and put your name in it, it's very parallel. So what do we do? And look here. Even when I was speaking about Joseph uh, receiving the dream, those came from God. So Joseph was used by God. Joseph was trusting God, but even though he was trusting God, it seemed like he was still going through hell. So what do we do when we're doing all that we can do, the right thing? Guess what? The righteous thing. We're doing the right thing. We go on the church. We're helping others, even though they don't help us back. You know, maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never been in that situation where you're giving your, your all to people, you give your heart to people, and they don't appreciate it. Or you're giving your help to people who won't even reciprocate the same help back to you. Hmm. And you, you're always there for others but nobody there for you. Hmm. But yet and still, there may be somebody that come to you and tell you, hey, 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 I ain't going to give you nothing. I ain't going to help you, but hey, trust God. God going to bless you. And you're like, hey, look here, I need, I need to hear more than that. <laughs> Not just hear that, I need to see something. And what do we do when seem like there's no help. And it's easy, I always tell people, it's easy for us to tell people to trust God. But do we tell people or show people how to trust God? People always tell us what to do, but they don't show us how to do it. So that's why it's important for us to even to look at the examples and the models of what's going on and what happened in the lives of others, even if you don't know anybody that's in the situation that you're in right now. Always go into God's word because there is somebody that God will refer you to that's doing that, that, that went through the same thing that you went through. There's somebody. So with Joseph, hmm, he already thrown in jail. But the funny part about it, because 
he was abandoned from his family. And because he was lied on, he was accused of rape. You understand that? He was abandoned by his family, sold in slavery. He was lied on and accused of rape. Well, him being thrown in jail. Did he change who he was? No. In the midst of him being in jail, eventually he ended up interpreting some dreams, one for a cup holder and another for a baker. Well, for the cup holder, the cup holder of the king, he told him his dream and it he would let him know, hey, you're going to get out and blah, 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 blah. Okay, the cup holder said yes. And then the baker, Joseph told the baker, oh, man, you know, he told him the interpretation, and it wasn't a good one. Well, Joseph still operated in his purpose of interpreting the dream. dream Joseph was an interpreter of a dream. Joseph was a dreamer and an interpreter of dreams. Well, eventually, everything that Joseph said to the baker as well as to the cup holder, it happened. They both were released. But get get this, get this. Joseph interpreted the dream of two inmates that were with him, the cup holder and the baker, he told him they're going to get out. And guess what? When the cup holder got out, he like, oh, Joseph, Joseph, thank you, man. Thank you, man. And Joseph told him, hey, when you get out, let them know I'm in here. I didn't do anything. The cup holder, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him, man, you're going to be out in no time. But when the cup holder got out, phew, he he left Joseph and forgot about Joseph. <laughs> and the cup holder went back into his position of being a cup holder for the king and was living his best life while Joseph was still locked up in jail. <laughs> it seemed like Joseph was once again, he was not rejected, but he was abandoned. He was abandoned. He was abandoned once again. I'm like, golly, over something he didn't do. But the funny thing about it, eventually, the king had a dream. And he not only wanted somebody to interpret the dream, but he wanted somebody to tell them what the dream was. And so what did he do? He went and sent word. They sent word, hey, we need someone to be able to tell the dream and to interpret the dream of the king. Well, they end up getting uh, soothsayers, psychics, and all this stuff, all these ungodly people. Now, get this. If you did not tell the king the dream or even the interpretation of the dream, you were going to get killed. So what pressure is that? Now, hey, it's one thing if you tell me the dream and then maybe I can interpret the dream for you. But no, the king was like, hey, look here. 
Not only do I want you to tell me dream, but excuse me, the interpretation of the dream, but I want you to tell me the dream too. And if you don't tell me if you're wrong, I'm gonna kill you. Oh, man, what pressure! <laughs> what pressure! So, as intense as that situation was, when no one could tell the king the dream nor the interpretation of the dream, then the cup holder said, oh, wait a minute. I forgot. There's a little kid that's in jail that was in my cell that was able to interpret my dream. And the king summons them to go get that kid named Joseph. And so Joseph but not only able to tell the king the dream, but the interpretation of the dream as well. And because he was able to tell him the dream and the interpretation of the dream, the king gave him a place in the palace. Get this. Joseph went from the, he went from the pen or he went from prison to purpose. Now, this is the thing that caught my attention. Even though it seemed like Joseph waited an extra two years, it was two years later from the time the cup holder left the jail until he remembered about Joseph. Joseph spent an extra two years in, in jail, in prison for nothing. But in actuality, it was for something. One of the things I found out now, Joseph ended up becoming second in command. Joseph ended up being second in command because he was able, first of all, the king understood only God can give him a revelation for him to understand to save. There were going to be seven years of growth, of 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 produce, of of expansion within the country. But then after that, there was going to be another seven years, but it was going to be famine. It was going to be all these things. So being able to save up for seven years and be prepared for the drought that's going to come up and that's going to last for seven years. So understanding that humans, cannot have that kind of master of thinking something like that. Only God can give you a revelation for you to be able to give that and interpret that and give it to the king. So in other words, Joseph still operated in his gift. Joseph remained in his character in the midst of adversity, in the midst of being uh, rejected, in the midst of being abandoned by his family, in the midst of being lied on. He still remained a man of integrity, of ethics. But this is the thing that caught my attention. Joseph did not get out of jail until there was a need for him in the palace. There was a need for him. The king had to have a need for him. So in other words, when it seemed like God didn't care about Joseph, when it seemed like, oh, man, he and there, and he, he, he should have been out. He should have been out. Uh, he, actually, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. But then also when 
the cup holder and the bakers got out, then he should have got out with them. But there was not a need for him at that time. Understanding when you are in your purpose, there has to be a need for you. Because it's good for you to be needed because when you're needed, you're not replaceable. But when you're not needed, you're replaceable. See, you're not essential. <laughs> God has you as an essential person in the person plan that he has for you. But sometimes we go or we even choose people in our lives that we're not essential in their life. We just a want. We're disposable. Sometimes we allow people in our life or we give people our heart and we're disposable to them. And we wonder why we don't receive the love or the appreciation that we desire, that we long for. And so even when they look at we look at people who may have done us wrong, it's easy for us to take matters into our own hands. It's easy. And to be honest with you, let's be real. Sometimes when you think about seeking revenge, sometimes it makes you feel a little good. When you you know when you start rehearsing, okay, you know what? When I see that person, yeah, I'm gonna tell them this. I'm gonna tell them that. Oh, you know, I know what I'm gonna do. I can I can show them better than I can tell them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let let them do let them do that again. Oh, it's it's gonna be on and popping. Hey, and you still say love the Lord, got the Bible in your hand, all that stuff. That's the way you feel. But then all of a sudden, God tell you, hey, 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 no, no, don't do that, don't do that. You were raised better than that. Don't, 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 don't. I know you're mad. Yeah, yeah, they lied. I know. And you know what? You have an opportunity even to get at them. But don't take matters to your Look here. Even God tell you, hey, 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 trust me. So get this. Now Joseph is second in command. He already implemented, you know, stocking up, stocking up, stocking up for the country and everything. And then after the seven years of the surplus, now there's a drought. And guess what happened? Now, because of the drought, eventually, guess who came to the scene? His brothers that sold him out. His brothers that wanted to kill him. His brothers that hate him. Look, think about it. family. Family. The one that did him wrong for revenge. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, you back. Oh, but see, they didn't recognize Joseph. Joseph recognized them. Joseph. Joseph remembered his native tongue, and he would listen to them. Even though there was an interpreter, Joseph still understood what he was saying, what they were saying. But when the opportunity came for Joseph to seek revenge, oh, he could he could have, but he didn't. Joseph forgave them, and also even in Genesis fifty and twenty. Joseph told them, yeah, yeah, you did that. You did this to me and everything. Yeah. But what the devil meant for evil, God turned it for my good. It seemed like Joseph had the longest road to his purpose. 
It seemed like he had the most treacherous journey. But because of him keeping his integrity, he ended up being in the palace. From the <laughs> from the pit to the palace or from the prison to the palace, being kicked out of the family, being exiled from your family, now you're a man of many families, a raw family, not just biological family. Now you're in a raw family. But the only way for him to be able to be in that position, God had to trust him that he was going to do the right thing when he encountered his enemies. Mm. God trusted Joseph. Now, we always tell God, oh, oh, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Yeah, but can God trust us? Can God trust us? Can God trust us? Excuse me, get some water. Can God trust us? Not just with our friends, because it's easy for us to bless our friends. But our true integrity is revealed when we have to encounter our enemies or those that did us wrong. Those that hurt us, those that lied on us, you know, like I said, it seems so unfair where the people that are guilty get set free, but the innocent people get locked up. And it it could be a physical jail. It could be a mental jail. It could be an emotional jail. It could be a financial jail. It could even be a spiritual jail. When people lock you up for what it seemed like for nothing. But in the midst of, excuse me, in the midst of, can you allow your integrity to be displayed? Now, of all times, I didn't start coughing until I started speaking about this, but that devil is a lie. When we face our enemies, Sometimes the devil will try to make us rile up and seek revenge or deal or get into our emotions. And that's one of the worst things that we can do in the midst of our, us being in our purpose. We got to be led by us, by God's spirit, not by our emotions. And it sounds so good. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's gratifying to tell a person how you feel. Or when somebody did you wrong, hey, look here. Get back at them. There was an old saying, hey, you kill my dog, I'm going to sling your cat. No. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes the devil would try to make us step outside of our character. And it seemed like the people that throw the first rock, they don't get caught. But if you throw that rock back, hey, 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 I saw you. I said, wait a minute. Did you see when he hit me? That doesn't matter. You know, and you end up getting in trouble. And the one that hit you first is the one <laughs> sniggling and laughing. But even if, quote unquote, man or other people don't see that you were hit first, remember, 
we serve a God that has all seeing eyes. He sees everything. But the main thing, he wants to make sure that we don't do the wrong thing. In order for us to have God to intervene on our behalf, we have to first allow him to get access on our behalf or to our behalf. And the key thing that hinders us from allowing God to come in and intervene for us when God got to deal with us or discipline us ourselves because we know better. That's the, that's the crazy part about it. And sometimes even I know as a kid, I used to get a whooping or my siblings and I used to get a whooping over things that other other kids didn't get a whooping from their parents on because we knew better. That old saying, well, you know better, do better. But sometimes, even though we know better, we don't want to do better because we were, look here, we were wronged. And like I said, sometimes we want to take matters to our own hands. And you still save, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. All those things is fine and dandy, but under the same token, keeping it real. Under the same token, when people do you wrong, do we really want to trust God? In that situation, some people, oh yeah, well, I, I'm I'm gonna trust God, but there are others. Hey, look here, I wanna I wanna get them back. <laughs> you know, I wanna get her back. All these things. But one of the things we have to understand, we talk about this journey, this walk in Christ. It's a <clears throat> it's an individual journey, but also it's letting us know that we have to be accountable and responsible and we are accountable and responsible for our own actions. We're not responsible for the actions of others. We're responsible for our own for our own actions. God's going to hold us responsible for what we do, not for what people do to us. See, we have to understand how we respond in the midst of adversity. That's what's going to determine sometimes even our maturity. And me being honest, I even me as an adult, I'm still learning. I tell people the main person I'm scared of is not a particular individual that outside of my home. It's actually somebody within my home. It's actually somebody y'all looking at right now. The main person I'm scared of is myself. Yeah. The main person I'm scared of is myself. And this is me being real. Because because I know when situations occur, I'm like, you know what, God? Mm, mm, God, I got to give this to you. I got to give this to you. But see, the Bible tells us that God would not put more upon us than we're able to bear. That's true. But the key thing is we can bear it if we use his method. But if we try to use our own method, we definitely won't bear it. We can't handle it. So if we do things God's way, then it's God's guarantee that he's going to not only help us, but help us overcome it. But if we try to handle it in our own way, in our own method, then we're stepping outside of God's character, excuse me, outside of God's will, but also it makes us responsible 
for the outcome and also the cleanup. So when it comes down to dealing with people, we have to understand God wants us to let him handle it. And like I said, sometimes it seems like it's so unfair. But one of the things always I found out, I found out for us to use those times for us to talk and be real with God. If you if if you hurt, tell God that you hurt. Tell God how you feel. Tell God how angry you are. Tell God how you know you don't like you don't like feeling this way. You don't like being used. Oh, there's a that's what you have to tell God. Listen, we don't serve an impersonal God. We serve a God that want to be want us to be real with Him. And one of the things I always say, if you can be real with God, He can be for real with you. But God want us to be able to just tell him and even pertain to the specific people that may have used us, may have dogged us, may have done us wrong, may have lied on us. We got to let God have access in that situation because God's method, God's revenge is much better than what we can ever think of because God know how to reach a person. We don't. We may have an idea and we still could be wrong. But also, sometimes what we see is not really the root problem. And also, who knows, that person who may have done you wrong, it might have been an opportunity for them to get the help that they need through us. And get and get this, even when I was speaking earlier about the cup holder, when he spoke to Joseph in the jail and he left and it seemed like Joseph was still stuck there, times we might be right, we might be ready, but the situation may not be ready for us to be able to be at the purpose that God has for us or in the purpose that God has for us. Because you think about it, like I said, Joseph at the right time, two years later, there was a need for Joseph. So asking you, there may be a need for you in a particular situation. You might be ready, but the situation may need to be set up. Or the situation may be set up, but the players or the people that's going to be there to support you may not be in place. So that's why it's important for us to be patient, but also learn how to, quote, unquote, wait on God. When I say wait on God, that doesn't mean like we at the dentist's office and we in the waiting room, but we, man, look here, when are they going to pull our number? Uh-uh. No, what you have to do, you have to be busy doing what you're supposed to do. And what you're supposed to do is operate in the purpose and pertaining to being in your character, study who you are, but most importantly, study who Christ is in you. Understand that. Look for that. And as we begin to really just understand that, what happened, it gives us more artillery. It gives us more tools. So when we walk into our purpose or when there's a need for us, then we can go ahead and, hey, be right where we need to be at. There's an easy flow. Because why? Because you are needed. And like I said, it's better to be needed in a position than wanted in a position. Look at being wanted in a position as a temp, as a temp 
uh, uh, service versus being an essential worker, being a full-time employee with benefits. Understand that? So when it boils down to it, understanding God wants you to be able to give all that to him. The people that did you wrong, the people that hurt you, all that stuff, you know what? Sometimes it's a good thing because you're able to see for yourself who to trust or who not to trust. Now, I do have to say this. Even when it comes down to forgiving, we have to forgive the people who hurt us, forgive the people who did us wrong, forgive them. But the thing is, we have to understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness looks like. Can forgive them that forgiveness is for us and our mindset and for our purpose. Because the purpose and plan that God has for us, we have to be able to be cleansed from the things that can sabotage and unforgiveness can sabotage uh, your purpose and your plans. See, but just because you forgive a person does not mean that you automatically have to trust them. See, Forgiveness is free. Forgiveness is free. It costs nothing to forgive a person, but trust has to be earned. And just because you have forgiven them, you don't have to put out trust or have them to make them earn their trust again. You can forgive them and still don't have to deal with them. And you're still saved. You don't have to deal with people that you trust, excuse me, that you have forgiven. People try to make forgiveness. See, I found out people would try to manipulate the vocabulary of biblical words that will benefit them, press you. So we have to understand what biblical forgiveness is. Forgiveness is cleaning the slate. That doesn't mean you agree with what they did. No. But for your peace of mind, for your sanity, for your spirit, hey, you know what? You know what? I forgive you. And you know what? Even if it looks like they don't deserve forgiveness, that forgiveness is not for them. That forgiveness is for you. One of the things we always say, forgive, when when you don't give people forgiveness, it's like drinking gasoline and expecting the other person to die. You're expecting them to die, but you're the one that's going to die because you're holding on to that poison. And that's what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness is poison. I'm going to tell you, when you hold on to unforgiveness, it will not allow you to have a great night rest. It interrupts your rest. It interrupts your focus. It interrupts your spirit. It taints. It distorts. Your bitch. It make you always think about your past. It always make you think about what they did to you. It always make you think about who you were, not who you're becoming. It always make you look in the rearview mirror when God wants you to look forward into the windshield. So no matter what, does it, like I said, there are some things you have to forgive. And like I said, it's for you. It's for your benefit. And like I said, there are some people, and you know what, it's easy for us, it's easier for us to forgive somebody that's remorseful, that's sorry. But when you forgiving somebody who ain't changed, who don't care about your feelings, who, 
who ain't remorseful, that you're like, no, God, you say you want me to forgive him? Yes, because that forgiveness is for you, because they're going to be stuck where they're at. But you don't need anybody to stop you from obtaining the goal and the plan that God has for you. There's a goal. There's a purpose that God has for you. And whatever it takes, God wants you to get out and get rid of anything that can hinder you because the purpose is greater than the pain. The purpose is more important and it reaps better benefits than the pain of holding on to unforgiveness. So would you rather hold on to the pain or hold on to the purpose? Grab hold to the purpose. But in order for you to grab hold to the purpose, you got to let go of the pain. You got to let go of the hurt. True enough, like I said, it may hurt, but you have to say it within yourself. And sometimes, and I'm a big, big, big advocate of us speaking out loud. The Bible tells us to speak out loud. Even when you look in Genesis, we were speaking about Genesis earlier, but in Genesis, the Bible told us, God said, let there be light. In the original meaning, meaning light in me be. In other words, light was in him and he spoke it out. So you wanted to reach, you wanted to forgive, you wanted to reach to a purpose and plan God had for you. You got to speak it out. Sometimes you have to let yourself hear yourself. Scott, God, I forgive this person. I know it don't feel good. I don't like what they did, but God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to forgive that person regardless if they deserve it or not. I'm going to forgive that person regardless if they're remorseful or not. I'm going to forgive that person regardless if they want to acknowledge that they did me wrong or not. They have nothing. Their actions and their attitude had nothing to do with you forgiving them. Forgiveness is for you. Like I said, for your peace of mind, for your sanity, for your purpose. So when we have been done wrong, yes, yes. Does it feel good? No, it doesn't. But in spite of, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to trust God for the results and also trust God to heal my heart. So in the midst of all that, what the devil meant for evil, God used it for Joseph good and for Joseph's family. Now, I'm going to get ready to go on the phone line in a minute. I see someone on the line. But uh, before I go on the phone line, I want to share this. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know at first I was going to bring this up when I was uh setting up the program. But I got confirmation yesterday, and I'm going to share this with you. Back in 2016, I made a video, and and I want each and every one to really listen to what I have to say. This is not to throw shade. This is not to uh, talk about or look down upon anybody. And I don't want anybody to say anything negative about this situation, and I always tell people, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. 
Now, there are some people who may inbox me. That's fine and dandy, but I don't want any public posts or anything negative pertaining to the story I'm about to tell you because this was on my heart, and I felt that God is allowing me to say this for a reason that may be able to help somebody that's out here now. <clears throat> but back in 2016, I made a video, and the video was called Man Talk or Real Talk, I believe. <clears throat> Real talking, what happened was um, I made a video, and the video at first, it was just going to be for my eyes only. I was uh, making a video because um, there was this relationship I was in, and it had just ended because this pastor told the young lady that I was dating uh, to break up with me because – I was full of lust and all that other stuff. A lot of, basically, a lot of lies. I never met the guy. He never met me. But he told her, God showed him this about me and all this and all that. And eventually she broke up with me. And I was very, very hurt. I was confused. I'm like, and I was ticked because first of all, me being not just a minister, but a man of God, but one of the things as me, one of the things I pride myself in is being a man of integrity, an honest man, and a man of respect. Not just me uh, receive respect, but me give respect. And especially, especially to a young lady. Now, number one, even then, I was not practicing celibacy. I was, I was operating in celibacy. I wasn't practicing. I was operating celibacy. And not only then, but from then on up to now, I'm still celibate. And I have not been in any female's legs or anything like that. But him saying these things about me, and him telling her at the time, someone that I was dating, someone that I cared about, somebody that I loved. And for him to say that, and it ended the relationship, and I was crushed. Because even though I did not know him, never met him, but because of his title, I respected him. But also, for him to say that about me, and it's one thing, would just say, tell her to just end the relationship. That's one thing. But to lie and say those things about my character, that's what I had a problem with. But also I was concerned about her too because, you know, now he's breaking up not just a relationship but also a friendship. And I would love for people to know me or even to hate me for who I am, who I really am, versus be with me for who I'm not. And one of the things I'm not, I'm not anything than what he was saying. And so what I did was I made a video, and the video was going to be just my eyes only. But as I was making the video, I went on, and I, I kept hearing God tell me, no, you need to share this video. So it was basically me just sharing my heart and me being vulnerable to say that I was hurt. And even the frustration where it seemed like those that are trustworthy, those that give their hearts are the ones that get hurt the most. That's the way I felt. 
And so I was very vulnerable and very open and transparent in that video. Well, that was 2016. And so last week, I was lying in the bed, and God just had me just look at my life, and I was like, wow, God, thank you. I I am so blessed. I'm so blessed. Forget about materialistic. I'm blessed to be where I am and who I am in him. I'm honored. I receive a lot of love from so many people that I meet in the streets when I go to work, when, I, when I'm when i on Facebook. I see so many people who have great encouraging words for me. I hear great testimonies, and I feel honored. But the most important thing is for me to introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's my purpose. That's one of my purposes is for me to be able to live a life that I reflect him, not me. I want to point people to my Savior and let people know that the same God that did it for me in whatever you're dealing with, in whatever situation that you are dealing with or have dealt with, the same God that did it for me, he can do it for you. So that made me feel that makes me feel so special and so honored for me to witness the power of God move in people's lives. So when I heard, um, when I began to think about my life and everything, I just began to just just rejoice. So last, last Sunday, excuse me, last Saturday, I was just lying down in my bed just thinking, just thinking, and God brought back that video in my mind, and he said, Look at where you are now, in spite of the false accusation, in spite of the hurtful word, in spite of the end of the relationship, in spite of all those things, God blessed my ministry. God blessed me as a father, even pertaining to my pursuit of love, my pursuit of a relationship. God, God is leading me to my wife. You know, I normally don't like to talk about my personal life, but I'm bringing this up now to let people know that God is blessing me. And he said, in spite of that event, but the key thing for you to remember, he said, even after it happened when I made the video and all that stuff, God told me to pray for that particular minister. Pray pray about that situation. Most importantly, pray and forgive him. Forgive him. Now, true enough, I <laughs> there are some people that I told about the situation, they were very upset. But God said, no, 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 let him handle it. Let him handle it. And so the confirmation that I got was um, – that particular time that happened when that situation occurred, it was April the second of two thousand sixteen. And the reason why I remember that because WrestleMania was down here at AT and T Stadium. Well, the confirmation that I got last night, I got a text message from one of my wrestling buddies, and he told me next year. WrestleMania gonna be back at AT&T Stadium. I'm like, oh boy. So God was revisiting, having me to revisit what happened. Uh, he reminded me of that last Saturday, 
And then this past Saturday, he brought back about WrestleMania coming back to T-Stadium for 2022. I'm like, wow. I said, okay. Okay, but you know what? When WrestleMania was down here the last time, I was hurt. But this time, Lord bless say the same. If WrestleMania come back next year, I'm not going to be hurt. I'm going to be healed because I'm already healed now. <laughs> and so even when I had to, when God woke me up, God would wake me up in the middle of the night to pray, pray for that minister, all that stuff. I had to do it. And I'm not talking about reluctantly either. I had to let that be my first response. But one of the, the other things that God began to show me, you look at the people who hurt you. You look at the people that lie on you. Like I said, it could be a supervisor that you're dealing with. It could be uh, somebody on your job. It could be a family member. It could be a parent. It could be a child, whatever. You look at the, especially those who are in authority. God was showing me, even though that happened, look at where he's at. But also, I'm showing you how to behave when you're in that position. In other words, I'm showing you how not to act. See, a lot of times what I found out hurt people hurt others. And sometimes when a person is in a leadership position, sometimes because they have power, sometimes they may or use, they may use or abuse their power on someone that's that's supposed to be under them or whatever. But it's time for us to have people who going to be healed. And sometimes God will use people who going to bring healing. Sometimes God will use them because they once were hurt and they have to release that hurt or that unforgiveness and give it to God for them to be healed so God can help them to be in the position so that way they can distribute healing instead of hurt. So I want to encourage you First of all, I I never met the minister. I know who he is, but I won't say his name. I thank you. In spite of what happened, what the devil meant, I'm going to say it just like how Joseph said, what the devil meant for evil, God turned it for my good. The, the, The words that were said, I had to learn. I learned even something about myself. I learned that I'm a big, 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 big man when it come down to talk about my character, my ethics. I take that very seriously. But I had to learn when people say things, especially when it come down to certain people, I had to look over what people say. I had to learn to look over. As long as I don't give a person an excuse to validate then you know what? God can always come to my defense. God can always come to your defense. When people throw accusations, when people scandalize your name, you just make sure it ain't true. Now, if it's true, that's one thing you got to deal with. Sometimes even deal with the consequences of our actions, of our behavior, or whatever. But when it's not true, then what do we do? We let that be God's responsibility. 
So I wanted to share that with y'all to let y'all know, even in my own way, just to say how sometimes when people do things to hurt us, sometimes it's revealing to us that they hurt themselves. So my prayer is, and, and also I'm going to say this, this even helped me to understand church hurt. It helped me to understand how some people, you know, some people deal with church hurt. Some people, you know, I, you know, we would hear people, well, you know, the church hurt me. The church did me wrong. Really, the people within the church. And so for me to understand, person was in the leadership position, even though he was not in my church. But it helped me to understand, you know what? I see there is some lying in the church. There is some manipulation in the church. They're, everybody ain't honest, regardless if they new converts, just got saved, or even a bishop, apostle, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Never pay attention to a person's title. You pay attention to their character. But also, one of the verses I always said, even in that situation, God is not the author of confusion. So for God to be able to, and he did many things, I may sure one day in the future, even in the midst of that situation, God really, really showed himself strong for this little kid right here. And there are some things that I may be sharing with you all in the next couple of months. Um, and my main thing is to advance God's kingdom. And like I said, I'm a blessed young man, very blessed. In spite of everything that transpired, I'm a blessed young man. And so I wanted to share this with y'all to even publicly tell that minister, no matter what, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I forgive you. And you know what? Even if you want to sit down and talk to me or even if you want to reach out to me, you can call me. My number is 214-908-3056. People that really know me, I don't hold, I, I don't hide anything. I don't hold anything. My main thing is advance God's kingdom. But also, we that's supposed to be believers of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to work together, not tear each other down. We that are supposed to be believers of Jesus Christ. There are too many people that are out there that are hurting. We need to help bring healing. We can't, how to say, a house divided will not stand. And we as a body of Christ were so divided. But the kingdom of the devil, they're in unity. But God wants us to get rid of the bickering, the division within his house. So for those that know me, I'm all about Jesus Christ. I'm all about being and doing the things that are of him. And also, I believe in men being men of integrity. And so, like I said, I thank God for the opportunity of everything I went through, the good, the uncomfortable, all that stuff, not just that situation, the times before then, after then, all these things. Because what I found out, God was letting me know everything I went through, he's broadening my audience for ministry. And so my main thing is to help people to understand and for people to really know Christ and to get healed. So once again, in spite of everything that happened, I thank God that God saw me through. 
So before we get ready to uh, have a word of prayer, I'll see someone on the phone and I'm going to get them on. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Hello. Hello, how you doing today? I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I was just listening in on the word, listening to what you had to say. And enjoying the service. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, um, continue to keep us up, lift it up, and it was great talking to you. Thank you, and I was most definitely will. All righty, all right. Thank you much. To be continue, continue to hang on, and I'll talk to you shortly. Okay, okay. <clears throat> well. As we get ready to pray, you may have some issues, you may have some things that you want to give to God. And you know what? Even pertaining to just allowing God to handle the situation, especially when it pertains to dealing with folks, regardless if it's your folks or kin folks, whatever it is, being able to yield that to God, allow God to have access to come in and fight for your behalf and on your behalf because God knows how to fix the situation. We may think we do, and sometimes we create a bigger mess than anything, but God wants to come to your rescue and fix the problem. But in order for God to fix the problem, he has to first fix you to make sure that you stay out the way. It's nothing sadder than to have someone who may try to have surgery and they're not they're not under. They they still up, they're still conscious. You know, they don't have the uh anesthesia, they're still up and conscious. I found out years ago, I found out when I had surgery, I had surgery on my shoulder, actually on both of them, but one time I had surgery on one of my shoulders and when I woke up, the doctor told me he had to fight me. Because I was waking up and I was I was fighting in my sleep. I was waking up. It, they didn't give me enough. I don't know what kind of medicine it was, but it was anesthesia. He didn't give me enough, but I was waking up. And so the process of his surgery took a little bit longer because I was being combative. Well, it's hard for us to be able to have God to perform a spiritual surgery on us when we are combative, when we are resisting, when we are fighting him. So how about we just allow God to put us under, to allow him to fix what's going on, regardless if somebody if somebody did it on us, somebody did it towards us, or even if we did it on ourselves. But also, you might be dealing with something at work. You might be dealing with Hell and high water. You might be dealing with so much, and especially, and I and I say this all the time. Sometimes it seems like, as believers, you go through more hell and turmoil because some people may try to take your kindness for weakness. But just because you are saved, that doesn't mean that you have to allow people to use you as a walking mat. No, you still learn your rights. You have rights. You have natural rights, you have spiritual rights. <clears throat> so understand your rights and you stand upon them and allow God to show you what your rights are. Because sometimes we take things 
and we end up taking things that God didn't authorize us. But God may be talking to you and telling you, hey, look here, you need to go to HR. You need to find out what the protocol is and blah, 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 blah. Well, no, nah, I don't want no problem. Uh, God said, look here, uh-uh, you represent me. So you need to understand what your rights, what your benefits are. Also, when there's some injustice, hey, speak up on it. We are supposed to, listen, we are supposed to make sure that we're doing our thing, we're doing the right thing, we have access to do the right thing. So no matter what you're dealing with, regardless if it pertains to conflict with others or even conflict within yourself, you may be dealing with addictions or uh, uh, chemical dependency. You might be in the, you might be dealing with some hangups that you feel like it's hard to shake. You may be dealing with some things that of insecurity. You may be dealing with whatever. They may be hindering you from the purpose and plan that God has for you, but also they may be hindering you from being the person that God called for you to be, that God birthed you to be. No matter what it is, we're going to give it to God right now. The Bible tells us to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. But also, just in case you've been hearing me talk about Jesus and, and all that stuff, you said, okay, now, what do I do to be saved? You know, uh, do I have to wait till next Sunday to go to church? Or, you know, um, do I have to quit smoking and drinking and uh, having sex in order for me to get saved? Look, the Bible tells us, come as you are right now in the parts of your sins. In other words, don't try to clean yourself up. You let him clean you up because you might miss some spots. God knows exactly what to do to clean you up. You don't have a clue. And also, you might be thinking that this may be one problem that you have, and God said, no, I know the source of your problem. So go to God. This matter of fact, in the Bible, it tells us, Romans 10 and 9, if thou shalt confess, that word confess, saying the same thing God said about a situation, if thou shalt confess, the Lord Jesus Christ is thy Savior, and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You don't have to wait. You can accept him right now, right where you're at, as we get ready to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on tonight. We coming to you right now, God. First of all, God, to forgive us if there's anything that we said or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. God, we ask you, God, to forgive us, God. We receive your forgiveness and we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we coming to you right now, God. We need you like never before, right now, God. We desperately need you, God. But not only do we need you, God, we want you to come in and intervene in our life right now, God. God, we've been trying to handle situation on our own, and we've been messing it up. So, God, we surrender our mess-ups, our mistakes, our hiccups, everything that we have caused upon ourselves, or even the things that people have thrown upon us, God. We give it to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. 
God, we ask you to cleanse us, God, and make us whole, God. God, we speaking, God, even those that may have been hurt, God. We speaking, God, that you heal the hurt right now, God. Heal the loneliness, God. Heal the void, God. Heal the hole that may be in people's heart or emotions right now. In the name of Jesus, and say about everything you stand for, remind every problem, remind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we say. Thank you, Lord, for doing a marvelous thing in us, God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us another chance, God, for not giving up on us, God. God, thank you, Lord, for even loving us in spite of our wickedness, in spite of our evilness, God. You let, you yet did not give up on us, God, and we thank you for it right now, God. Thank you, Lord. We release every hurt, every unforgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak it right now, God. Those who may be dealing with addictions, God. God, we speaking, God, that you take the taste of it out of their mouth right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, that you break every soul tithe right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, that you, uh, uh, any type of fruit that may be going on, God. God, we speaking, God, let there be peace right now, God. God, help us, God, even if there's any conflict that we may have towards others, God. First of all, God, we ask you out there, help us and fix us, God. And and after you fix us, God, you fix the situation right now, God. You set the scene right now, God. And God, you ask, we ask you, God, to guard our mouth, God. Guard our heart, God. And God, help us, God, even to forgive. Even those who may not even uh, 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 want to ask for forgiveness, God, help us, God, to still Freely give them forgiveness right now. Teach us how to love, God. Teach us how to forgive, God. And not only love others, but also, God, love you and also love ourselves right now. In the name of Jesus, God, touch those who may be grieving right now, God. There are so many that are grieving. There are so many that are hurting right now, God. There are so many people that have lost people, lost loved ones, God. And so, God, we speak, God, that you massage their broken heart right now, God. Mend their broken heart, God. Fix their troubled mind right now, God. Give them peace, God, even in their sleep right now, God. God, we even bind the spirit of anxiety right now. In the name of Jesus, panic attacks, fears right now. We bind that spirit and send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we're even speaking right now, God, those that are sick, God, those in the hospital room, God, touch and heal their bodies right now, God. In the name of Jesus, you know them by name, God. You know them by symptoms, God. You know them by situation right now, God. we speaking, God, that you bring healing right now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, God. we speaking, God, that you meet the needs of your people right now. In the name of Jesus, meet the needs of your people right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. If you have any uh, questions, if you have any uh, comments, or if you want to just reach out to me, feel free to contact me. On Facebook, I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. You can see my daily devotions and uh, videos. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotion, also uh, videos and upcoming events. Also, I have Word for the Day that is a scripture every day, so just in case you get on the website, you at least guarantee to have one scripture reading.
per day. Also, for those who may be um, interested in purchasing my book, I have two books. You can go to my store section of my website where you can purchase my good book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood, where we talk to the men and let them know that they're in importance and also help them to understand their importance and their role in their families, but also the, for the young ladies to help them and help them to understand what and how to identify a real man and also being able to have examples for their children. Also, my other book is called uh, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, which uh, talk about the story in the life of my sister, Sheila Prater. I thank you each and every one of y'all. Uh, continue to be praying for America. Continue to be praying for the devil trying to bring craziness and all that stuff. But no matter what, God is going to prevail. But we have to be wise and be careful. God wants us to be mindful of our surroundings and everything. And don't be, don't be easily persuaded by what you may see or who you may trust. Make sure you be mindful of the people that you associate with and that you, it's just so much going on. So be prayerful at all times. Be prayerful. And so I thank you to everyone who tuned in and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.